0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of Added Time, a Games and Grad Studio podcast with me, your host Steve Watkins. And it's been another newsworthy week of football uh, in the Premier League and outside of the Premier League as well. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into it and look at the results from last weekend. Some really interesting results and some talking points from those games. So, first up, a big shock at the city ground nottingham forest won liverpool nil so this is liverpool's third defeat of the season already this is that's more than they lost last season they lost two the whole of last season and as we know still ended up finishing second in terms of goals conceded they've already conceded over half of what they did last season i think it was 26 last season and they've already conceded 14 this season, so you know things aren't exactly rosy for Jurgen Klopp's men at the moment. But Forest have made a significant improvement since the four-nil drubbing by Leicester. Really tightened up that defence. Really made it difficult for for Liverpool over the weekend. And in the end, I think deserving of of the win. You know, I, did, I didn't think Liverpool offered a great deal in the game to be honest. So. Fair play to Forest. Uh, it, they're still in the bottom three, uh, but it's it's a confidence builder, absolutely, for Forest. And it's what they needed after some of the results that they've had more recently. Uh, Liverpool's neighbours Everton beat Crystal Palace 3-0. A good result. I, I didn't fancy Palace away from home. I believe I said that last week as well. So, but I didn't see it being sort of as, as convincing as this 3 0. That's a, a really good result for the Toffees. Man City 3, Brighton 1. Now, a little bit of controversy in this game. So, Haaland uh, scored uh, as he always does, seemingly. Or he does most of the time. Now, one of the goals he shoulder barges into Adam Webster, the Brighton defender. But there, there is all for me. There is also a shove afterwards, and then Haaland sticks the ball in the net. Now, the topic of conversation amongst myself and uh, other people that I've spoken to is: okay, I've got no problem with the shoulder barge as such, but I think there are certain strikers in the league that would have been pulled up for that. I think immediately of. Jamie Vardy, I believe he gets pulled up for that. Absolutely. I believe someone like Ronaldo would as well. So it's not necessarily me saying that there's top six bias here. But I think certain players get away with it and certain players wouldn't. Harry Kane would absolutely get away with that. And it comes back to this lack of lack of consistency, really, uh, amongst Premier League officials. So... Um, Look, Brighton, they haven't won since the new man came in. Uh, Di Um do they need to worry? I, I, I don't know. In those five games, they've played Liverpool where they got a, a 3-3 draw. They've played Spurs and they have played Man City. So they have played three of your of the big six. Next up, they have Chelsea. So, obviously, they're coming up against their former manager. Could that be the game? It's the sort of thing that happens in football. You know, they haven't won in five. They come up against their old manager, who is currently undefeated in all competitions. And then Brighton go and win. But we'll see, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Talking of Chelsea, they drew 1-1 with United uh, on Saturday night. Chelsea took the lead late on. Through uh, a penalty, which I, you know for me it was it was a penalty all day long. But then Casemiro with a fantastic header in the ninety-fourth minute, and the passion that came from him and the United players, and whatever is going on off the pitch doesn't seem to be impacting those players too much. And there seems to be a real togetherness and a real willingness to to win obviously and they don't look like a team that is split or a dressing room that is split Uh, just talking quickly about Ronaldo you know there have been links with him uh, moving to to Chelsea in January I don't think Graham Potter would want him uh, to be honest again I put it down to the fact that they're probably looking at that and thinking I don't know whether I want that in my dressing room so Look, Chelsea need a striker, and to be honest, I think United need a striker as well. But you know, because Rashford gets himself in some great positions, and the argument has been over the last couple of weeks that in those positions Ronaldo would have finished those. He'd have scored. But I think the difference is is that I don't think Ronaldo gets to those positions in the first place. Uh, so I do think United need a striker. I don't think Rashford is a centre forward. I think he's a uh, off the wing. Off the left side, type player, and that's where he's best. So we'll see what happens in January with Ronaldo with United. Whether they get bring in a striker, I wonder whether Chelsea think about bringing in a striker because for as well as Chelsea are doing, they've not scored, uh, you know, a huge, a huge amount of of goals uh, so far this season. I believe it's. Uh, let me have a look. So they've they've only scored sixteen goals this season from 11 and when you look at you know Man City obviously they're a bit of an enigma they're you know with 36 goals but you know I I look all the way down and Leicester have scored more uh, Fulham have scored more Newcastle have scored more so uh, there are teams below and above Chelsea that have scored more goals Uh, United are the same 16, 16 goals so far this season so both of those teams could be looking for a recognised striker in the summer. No, in January, the summer. I'm I'm wishing away I'm wishing away these dark nights already. <laughs> okay, on to Sunday. So Aston Villa responded to the sacking of Steven Gerrard with a 4-0 win against Brentford. Now, this for me it raises massive alarm bells. I go back to 2017 when Claudio Ranieri was sacked and then the game after Leicester beat Liverpool uh, fairly convincingly and they were called snakes they were called all sorts they were called any anything everything and anything you can think of now I know with Ranieri it was slightly different because he was the man that that was there when you know he delivered us the league title the the massive underdog story all of that stuff that you all know So, you know, I haven't seen as much stick for the Villa players, but when a result like that happens, you have to think, well, something wasn't quite right. And the guy that's taken over temporarily for that game, whose name I forget, apologies, he did make a couple of changes, dropping John McGinn, who has been poor for for 12 to 18 months, who is a player I don't particularly rate. Uh, I don't think he's as good as people make him out to be. Um, he's obviously a Premier League player, but I I don't see, to be fair, I don't see the John McGinn that plays for Scotland play for, play for Villa, if that makes sense. So look, a good result for Villa. They have announced a new manager who uh, I will talk about uh, come, uh, in the next few minutes. Uh, So yeah, Villa, much-needed win, and they have climbed the table as a result. Another team that is struggling, uh, Leeds United losing 3-2 at home to Fulham. More calls for Jesse Marsh to lose his job, but at the time of recording, he is still in a job. Now, I am recording a little bit earlier in the week than I normally do because I'm busy tomorrow going to a a gig, which I'm really looking forward to. And Friday night I am out but by then I uh, the episode will be out so things could happen between now when I'm recording on Wednesday and the episode coming out on Friday so you'd have to take it as is uh, basically Leeds took the lead in this game but eventually losing 3-2 uh, Willian scored for Fulham I would forgot he'd gone there yeah so Um, Yeah, when I saw his name, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot he'd gone there. So, Fulham doing absolutely brilliant at the moment. They find themselves seventh. They've climbed up the table. They've gone above Liverpool. Liverpool do have a game in hand, though. But, you know, their form, they've uh, won two and drew one of of the last three. Doing great. And quietly, quietly, you know, going about their business and... You know, obviously, the manager Marco Silva has got previous, and it seems like he's learnt those lessons from from before when he was when he was uh, Everton manager. Arsenal drop points for the first time since losing to United uh, a few weeks back. They drew one one with Southampton. Uh, I was kind of watching the game; it was on in the background. Uh, I had there was people there was people around. I was trying to watch it, but you know, getting distracted. Uh, I reading reports afterwards that you know it was a poor second half performance from Arsenal, but they still find themselves top of the league and they're still going really well. Um, potentially, you know, maybe they maybe they put too strong a team out against PSV earlier on in the week, and maybe they could have rested some of their star names, and they could have been a bit fresher for the for the game against Southampton but you know fair play to Southampton you know that uh, they needed a result like that and but like I keep saying with Southampton Hassan Hootle is always always under pressure so we shall see what happens there. Next up Wolves Nil Leicester City four great result fantastic I didn't uh, watch the match. I listened to it as much as I as much as I could, uh, and yeah, great result. I mean, Wolves. It sounds like they are really, really struggling at the moment, but this was classic shithousery from from Leicester. Four goals from four shots on target. Thirty six percent possession. This is this is fifteen sixteen Leicester all over. And I absolutely love it. Yuri Tillemans with a goal of the season contender. What a goal! What a strike! And and what a player! And I imagine there will be a number of clubs trying to sign him in January because his his contract is running down, and I do expect him to leave. Uh, Harvey Barnes continuing his great run of goals. James Madison back on the score sheet back in the team after his suspension, I apologise I said injury last week, I meant suspension and then the goat, the rustler the house himself, Jamie Vardy swigs a can of Red Bull comes on, sets one up and scores the other does a Wolf celebration in front of the wolves fans and then uh, does a hand signal to suggest that they all stink what a guy. I absolutely love him. Uh, there have been a number of players over the years that have played for Leicester that I've, you know, idolised. And as you get older, you you don't idolise football as, as much. You admire them for their ability and their skill and all of that. But J- Jamie Vardy is just a different gravy. And he becomes the first Premier League player to score 100 goals after the age of 30 which is is fantastic again you know he, he didn't make his Premier League debut until he was 27 and let's hope that this is a a run that he now goes on and scores scores a few more uh, it'd be good for him to get in double figures so he can keep that run going of scoring at least 10 goals um, for the last so many seasons so yeah great result for Leicester another clean sheet I mean Danny Ward he did make a couple of really, really good saves. I mean, I didn't, like I say, I didn't watch it, so I don't know what his distribution was like. But at listening to it, it seemed like he was coming for crosses. He made some, he made a couple of really good saves, and you know, I've I've been very critical of Danny Ward, and I've been very critical of Rogers and the fact that we didn't replace Casper Smiichel with a a number one goalkeeper. I've even gone as far as saying he's the worst number one in the league, and that may well still be the case. But I think I may have said it on here or I may have said it to, to friends or whatever, but he hasn't played a lot of football over the last few years because Kasper Schmeichel was the ever-present in, in the Leicester side. So he hasn't played a lot of football, the Odd Cup game. So it's going to take confidence. You know, we've all been in a situation where we've uh, you know I know they train every day and stuff like that but you you can't you know you can train as much as you want but it doesn't really prepare you for being thrown in to be playing in in the Premier League for a team that has expectations you know you get away with it a little bit if you are one of your newly promoted teams or a team that consistently struggles Hopefully, you know, he has turned a corner and we are seeing a a bit more confidence from him. He looks so devoid of confidence uh, at the start of the season, some of the things that he was doing. Look, I'm enjoying it for what it is. I mean, Leicester are still going to have a a struggle this season. I said it last week. I've said it previous weeks. You know, we've, we've took advantage of two poor teams in Leeds and Wolves. We've got a difficult game this weekend and then with man city at home so you know for me this is a that's a throwaway game and if you get a point from that then happy days you've then got everton which i believe is away and uh, west ham away i think as well so you know two two tough games everton are on the up and up west ham have picked a few points up as well so look you know you, you could very easily see a situation by where the end of the end of this weekend Leicester are back in the bottom three. And I do feel like this is going to be the sort of season it is, and it is going to be a bit yo-yo. We just need to take advantage of the games where we are definitely the better team. So, And, and it's just so disappointing to think that the run that we've been on recently, that actually if we hadn't dropped points on the opening day to Brentford, and if we hadn't dropped points... Uh, in the other home game against Southampton, you know we'd be comfortably, you know, up that table. So hey, it is what it is, and hopefully uh, the 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 guys can crack on and uh, get up the table. But great stuff. I still think there's a lot of Esther fans out, Leicester fans out there that want Rodgers out. Uh, I know I said the other week I want him to piss off out of my club. But look, he's, he's got a little bit of leeway uh, over these last couple of weeks because of the results and obviously he's got a... For me, he's got a free hit on Saturday. So. Right, on to the final game of Sunday which was Spurs versus Newcastle at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and Newcastle came away with a 2-1 win. So this has got uh, a lot of people talking. This has put Newcastle... Uh, into the top four. Uh, their current form is is absolutely brilliant. They've well, they've not lost in. Uh, let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've not lost in seven. No, their last defeat came uh, against Liverpool in a two one win for Liverpool. So yeah, you can you can forgive them for that. But they've had some. You know, you look at look at how Newcastle have done this season and it is it is fantastic and Eddie Howe has done has done one hell of a job there now obviously they've had investment and they've brought in a better quality of player than what they had before in certain positions so i look at i look at the goalkeeper obviously pope for me is an improvement on what they had, I rate Dubravka, but it seems like he wasn't part of Howe's plans. Um, you know, Trippier coming in is obviously an improvement, in England international. Um, you know, Dan Byrne, what a fantastic player. I talked about him last week as being in my um, best 11 of players outside the big six. And... Obviously Bruno uh, Jimérez, Jimérez, however you want to pronounce it, uh, looks looks absolutely class. But what you've got to realise is that Newcastle still have a number of players in that team and in that squad that they had last year. So it's been just over a year actually since Steve Bruce uh, got the sack. The last game that he was in charge was a 3-2 defeat at home to Tottenham. So it's a good uh, barometer, I guess. And I've looked at the two lineups and, you know, the obvious ones that I've just said, Pope, Trippier, Byrne, uh, uh they they obviously played at the weekend. But your other players, such as Joel Linton, Callum Wilson, Longstaff, they, uh, you know, Almiron, they were there this time last year or around this time last year when Newcastle... Hadn't won a game. And what we're seeing now from the likes of Almiron is the sort of form that is incredible. It's putting him in player of the month territory. He's got five goals already this season. So, Eddie Howe's obviously done a great job there. He's improved the players that he's got. They've, For me, they have bought well. Yes, they've spent money. And they're going to spend money because they are... One of, if not the richest club in the world now, based on the, uh, the the wealth of their owners, it does make them the richest club in the world. And I think they've gone about it really sensibly. So you know, if if you cast your mind back twelve months to when when the takeover happened, there was genuinely Newcastle fans saying, "I think we should go and get Mbappe." You know, could we go and cook Do you reckon because uh, you know Salah hasn't signed a new contract? Do you reckon we could get Salah? You know, and they were linked with all sorts of managers. Can we get Poch? Can we get Rogers, whose stock was a lot higher this time last year? Um, could we tempt this player? They were linked with James. They were linked with Vardy at one point. You just think, shut up. You know, but, but I mean the Mbappe one. When I when I heard that Newcastle fans say that on Talksport, I, 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 I had to turn over, and he was being genuine but what Newcastle need to do is they need to keep building and building and building they still use the players that were there last season you know move the ones on that clearly aren't good enough coach the ones that are and trust the process do I think they can get top four this season no um, I think that you know all, all it all it really takes is for Callum Wilson to get her injury um you know Isaac is out as well so that gives them you know a lack of firepower up top you know Almiron, you know I know there's all the, the Jack Grealish stuff which I won't go into but you know you it's it's a, it, it, he's going through a he's going through a, a a streak he's going through a phase whatever you want to call it um that will come to an end he will he will then go a few games without scoring um but they've just got to keep doing what they're doing keep picking up those points. You know, they've they've lost one game this season. And like I say, that was to Liverpool. So, you know, fair play to them. You know, it's not like, you know, we're not seeing a Newcastle team that have spent 300, 400 million and they've got a team full of uh, the best youngsters and some of the best Premier League players we've seen, which is what people expected. They've done. They've got sensible signings, and they've got a manager there who I've always rated. I always thought he was good. There was times when Leicester managers were were under pressure. I thought uh, I would not mind Eddie Howe at Leicester. So look, it, it's it's uh, they're definitely building something there at Newcastle. Um, you know, and with and with the likes of Liverpool faltering a little bit, you know. You just don't know what United are going to be like this season. I do think United will be top four. Um, I think if, you know if I was to look at if I was to look at it now, just by the way that they're they're playing, uh, I think I think you could see Tottenham fall out of the top four. I mean, I thought Tottenham were d- very poor again. I won't go dreadful. They were very poor again. You know, they were poor against United and yeah just not not doing great but they still find themselves third in the table so i'm not going to tip newcastle for a top 4 finish i do expect them to perhaps be in the top 6 at the minute it for me even though they're third i think either tottenham or liverpool drop out of the of that top 6 which will enable newcastle to be to be in there um, I mean, Christ, if if they if Newcastle do get Champions League football, it will be interesting to see what their spending is like. And that's where they potentially need to be careful because the last thing that you want to do is piss off the players that have got you to that position. You know, so th- there are obviously players in that team where you think, well, Newcastle could get better players. I'm not going to name them, but you don't want to pee them players off if, if they've got you to that position. So... If Newcastle were to get top 4 they need to be very careful about their recruitment uh, over the summer going into the Champions League next season but hey we're all talking hypotheticals here we'll wait and see we'll wait and see what happens it's uh, it's going to be an interesting interesting season at both ends of the table and then the final game of the weekend uh, a controversial one again VAR uh, but West Ham came out 2-0 winners. There were some handball decisions in this game which uh, I'm not, I'm in fact I'm not going to blame VAR because VAR as its own entity is video assisted or assistant referee. Okay? It's the, t- VAR is, like Hawkeye, is the technology to be able to help that helps the referees and, uh, and whatnot, come to the right decision. The problem is, is you've got that human element of people not coming to the right decision, and you've got a handball rule, which just does not make any sense. So, the new the, the first West Ham goal, and he said Newcastle then, the first West Ham goal comes about because, well, after, sorry, the, uh, the centre-back... Uh, It it hits his hands but it doesn't lead directly to the goal. But he's handballed it. The whistle should have blown at that point to say that's handball. Whether it's in the natural position or any of that nonsense it's hit his hand and West Ham have gained an advantage. And there was other handball incidents in that game that were given and then not. And again it just comes back to the consistency. So VAR, you know, you can't blame VAR for this. What you can blame is the handball rule and what you can blame is the inconsistency with the match officials. When VAR works, no one no one bats an eyelid. When a goal is correctly ruled out because a player is clearly offside, nobody bats an eyelid. When a penalty is overturned because it's clear that the player was either outside the box Or that the player has dived and there was no contact, and it's a clear and obvious error. error, Sorry, no one bats an eyelid. People are very quick to criticise VAR, they're not very quick to praise it. Uh, I I know it's, it's, you know, for some people, they would happily get rid of it now, but I, I don't think, well, it's not going anywhere, is it? Let's face it. So, West Ham winning that one 2 0. Uh, Bournemouth now with, uh, I think that's, uh, is that back-to-back defeats for Bournemouth? It is. It is. So, maybe, maybe things are starting to turn a little bit. They've got a tough game this weekend as well. Well, I say a tough game. They're playing Tottenham, and I've already talked about Tottenham at length. So... You know, this is where you could potentially start to see Bournemouth drop down the table. And this is where you might start to see them being linked with a manager rather than Gary O'Neill being the caretaker. So let's very, very quickly, I'll just go through go through the table um, and just, I'm not going to go through it in full. So Arsenal remain top on 28, Man City on 26, Spurs third on 23. Newcastle have climbed into that top 4 with Chelsea and United dropping down. Fulham have climbed up to 7th above Liverpool. West Ham are up to 10th. Everton up to 12th. Palace and Bournemouth dropping down. But crucially Villa have climbed out or climbed up the table into 15th and Leicester have climbed out of the bottom 3 for now on 11 points. The bottom 3 is made up of Leeds on 18th uh, in 18th sorry Wolves in 19th and Nottingham Forest, despite that win, find themselves at bottom of the league. But all three of those teams on nine points. So it's still very, very tight down at the bottom. Right, so Aston Villa have named their new manager and it is the former Arsenal, PSG, Villarreal, Sevilla manager Unai Emery. Now, immediately, my thoughts on this are that this is an improvement. This is an upgrade on Gerard. This is a manager that has won three Europa Leagues with Sevilla, a Europa League with Villarreal, got Villarreal to a semi-final of the Champions League recently. Uh, and I think the, 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 the area of Villarreal, Villa where they are based, uh, is a very, very small place, a very, very small town. So, for him to get them to a Champions League semi-final is uh, is, is, is reward, you know. Uh, it deserves deserves the recognition that he gets for it. Uh, he had a stint at PSG where he won something like six or seven trophies, but it is PSG. Now, obviously, people immediately think about his time at Arsenal. And I've not you know, dug up any stats or anything about his time at Arsenal. But I do feel that, very much like David Moyes at United, who had to follow Sir Alex, that Unai Emery was following Arsene Wenger. And despite the fact that a lot of Arsenal fans wanted Wenger to, to finish probably three or four years before he did he was always going to find it difficult to, to fill those shoes and he was always, you know, the, the, the moment that results didn't go his way or, you know, didn't go in the way of, of for the Arsenal fans, um, they were going to turn on the manager. So, I do think that actually he is uh, very underrated, uh, maybe underappreciated, especially in this country. Now, Previous uh, managers linked to the Villa job, as I mentioned last week. Potch uh, was one of them. He was the one that was the immediate favourite with the bookmakers. And it was never going to happen. Now, Potch and Emery are same age. Uh, Emery's got a few more years managerial experience. I think it's like four or five years more managerial experience on him but if you were to offer most Premier League clubs the option Villa included well if you were to if you were to offer to I think any Premier League club you know just imagine that all the Premier League clubs have got no manager and you said right you can either appoint Poch or you can appoint Emery I think almost every team and every fan base would say Poch. Because despite not winning anything with Spurs, he has this reputation of this exciting football that he played with a young and vibrant Spurs team who came third in a two-horse race. (laughs) I had to get that in there. But he's very highly admired but if you look at actually if you, if you look at, at trophies and and results and you know i think the comparison to emery is fair because like i say they're the same age and they both managed psg um you know emery is miles in front absolutely miles in front and actually i think this is a this is a great sign a great appointment for villa they've had to pay 5 million to get him out of his contract. You know, I think that shows the pull of the Premier League. The fact that he's left Villarreal to uh, come to the Premier League to come to a struggling Premier League team, but he's inheriting a decent squad. I do, I do think he is a good. I think he's a good manager. He may go down, you know, in the in the in the history of football when you know when all is done, it might be that they look at Unai Emery and go, well, he's a cup manager you know cuz he got he got Arsenal to a Europa League final they lost to Chelsea and they may look at him as a as a as a cup manager more as someone that can work over 38 games you know and, and get a team far up the table look we don't know what what the what the directive is for for Emery is it a case of just keep us in the league this season then we'll reevaluate is it a case of no we need you to improve on last on, on what the manager did last season and finish higher than 14th. Is it get us in the top 10, get us in the top eight? I don't know. Um I think it's a I think it's a, a really good uh, appointment. And if you're gonna get rid of your manager you need to make sure that you upgrade. And I think this is why this is why ultimately Leicester haven't uh, sacked Brendan Rodgers because it's deemed that there isn't a better manager out there that they can realistically get. I don't think Leicester would have been able to get Emery for what it's worth. Uh, I don't think we've got the money to, to have paid five point whatever million to, to get him out of his contract, to get him out of Villarreal. So, Villa have, have definitely upgraded... I expect he will do a good job there. He will keep them up this season. Uh, my my worry from a, a Leicester fan standpoint is that although I've just said that I don't think there is a better manager out there than Rodgers, clearly things have gone stale. I don't think there will be a great amount of money there in January to add to the squad, and my worry is that you know I look at Wolves are going to appoint a new manager in the new year. Villa have just appointed a very good manager. Um, Leeds, I think, will depart with Jesse Marsh soon, so they will get a new manager, and all and, and Forrester improving, and all of a sudden, those teams that are around Leicester are making improvements, whereas Leicester aren't. So that concerns me a little bit. Uh, and, but again, I'm I'm crystal ball here and trying to predict things that may may never happen. So, yeah, I just thought I would uh, give my two pence worth about about Unai Emery. Uh, outside of the Premier League, um, Michael Carrick has been named the Middlesbrough boss. And strangely, uh, Jonathan Woodgate, who was a former Middlesbrough manager, is going there as his assistant. Uh, a strange dynamic, but you never know, it could work. So... Michael Carrick's first proper job, he obviously had some caretaker, he he took charge of United um, at some point, Uh, I think he was in charge for three games, before deciding to sort of step down, so yeah, the first managerial job for Michael Carrick, and it's just one of those things where it makes you feel really old, because, you know, I remember, I mean, he's he's clearly older than me, but it's like, I remember Michael Carrick playing for West Ham, breaking through their team, and, and then oh yeah, I remember I remember the Michael Carrick at, at Tottenham and being, you know, one of the most underrated players in the Premier League, you know, when he was at United. And now he's a bloody manager. So yeah, it's one of them I know I'm getting old when these things are happening. And I keep seeing things on social media. Oh, this person's just made their debut for this team and they were born in two thousand and seven. And I'm like, oh God, two thousand and seven. I'd like I'd been left school like Five or six years by that point. It's depressing. It's depressing getting old. That's that's the reality of it. But there we go. Michael Carrick, the new Middlesbrough boss. Okay, let's take a quick drink. Let's have a look at this weekend's fixtures. I'll give you my predictiones. Da, 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 da. Right then. First up, Saturday 12.30 kickoff, off Leicester versus Man City. Now, there's talk that Erling Haaland won't play at the weekend. He went off at half-time in the game against Dortmund last night in the Champions League. Apparently there is an issue, he has a slight foot injury and he's been feeling uh, a bit under the weather with a, with a fever. Uh, and Cancelo as well, potentially injured. But look, it's Man City, it's going to be a difficult game. I've seen a few Leicester fans getting a bit excited because we've got back-to-back wins. Oh, I think we can get something out of City. The reality is, City are going to beat us. And I'm fine with that, as long as it's not 10 nil or something. I'm fine with that, but I am going to go with a man. I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to go with a Man City win. A a draw would be a massive bonus for Leicester. It would be great. Um, We we we've we've got a fairly decent record against Man City at the King Power, but I I I can't see I can't see us upsetting the odds this time. Bournemouth against Spurs. I mean, two teams that are a little bit out of form at the moment. It feels like this is a bigger game for Spurs than it is for Bournemouth. So, I am going to go for a Spurs win just because they they possess that, you know, they've got that quality in the team. Brentford against Wolves. I mean, B- Wolves really need to react after last weekend's uh, defeat. Uh, Brentford as well, you know, they got, they got turned over by Villa. Uh, I expect Brentford to win this one. Uh, Brighton, like I mentioned earlier, haven't won since the new manager came in come up against their old manager, who is still undefeated. Uh, so Brighton versus Chelsea at the Amex. It would just be so typical of football for, with everything that I've just mentioned for Chelsea to, to lose this game. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw in this one. I think Brighton will get something at home. Palace, Southampton. I'm going to go for Palace. I always think that Palace are just one of those teams you know at home they've got the the crowd you know the, they're right on top of the pitch uh, I just think I just think they will they will get the result here I think they'll beat Southampton Newcastle Villa you know so two teams that are on a bit of a bounce uh, Emery won't be in charge for that game uh, he takes over actually uh, next Tuesday which is the 1st of November uh, which I, th- and I think they've got a game actually. Um, No, they haven't. I'm talking absolute rubbish. Well, they might have. I think it might be a cup game. Might be a cup game. I think they're playing United. Anyway, um, I'm expecting Newcastle to continue their run and get a win here. Fulham versus Everton. An interesting game. You know, Fulham doing, like I said, really, really well uh, against Everton, who, you know, seem to be uh, enjoying life under Lampard at the moment. Uh, Calvert-Lewin's back but Mitrovic is back I've got to go for a draw then haven't I if I can't decide you go for a draw don't you Uh, Liverpool versus Leeds now you automatically look at this and think Liverpool win but I said that last week when uh, Liverpool played Forest and Forest won I've said it in the past where when Leeds played Chelsea I was like I can't see anything other than Chelsea win and Leeds absolutely steamrolled them but this it's at Anfield and even if Liverpool go a goal behind you know I I, I fully expect them to win Uh, I think the manner of defeat would depend on what the fate of Jesse Marsh is you know if, if if it's a close run game he might survive a week if they get absolutely hammered, if it ends, if this ends up being a six or seven, I think Liverpool put seven past them last season. If that ends up being the case, it may be it may be time for for Jesse Marsh to move on. On to Sunday, Arsenal versus Forest uh, at the Emirates. I'm going to go for an Arsenal win. Yet yeah, Forest have improved, but I will go for an Arsenal win and for them to extend their. Unbeaten run, and then United versus West Ham. You know, I think, I I believe the aura of Manchester United at home and United, you know, Old Trafford. I think the aura is starting to come back, and I think they're starting to turn it back into a bit of a fortress. So I will go for a United win. that one so that's it that's uh, that's all the fixtures gone through that's my predictions I've given my thoughts on various different things this week and that's it that's your lot so thank you very much for listening it's greatly appreciated I say every week you know thank you very much if you do listen keep uh, liking and sharing stuff that I'm putting on social media in terms of my social media if you go to Twitter at uh, added football. In the bio is the link tree which will take you to my Instagram page and will take you to all the links where the podcast is posted. Don't forget to check out the rest of the Games and Graps crew, finsteel, twitch.tv forward slash the thefinsteel, streaming all sorts of different games. And Sonny will be back soon with the clubhouse that's it for me this has been episode 15 of Avid Time thanks for listening and I will see you next time